Welcome to Season 2 of In Search of Peace and Healing. I'm your host, Celia Boone. I'm delighted to be back on the air once again now. We took a little break after our first season, and... um, During the time we've been off, my producer Ken, also my wonderful husband, played some awesome of the old stuff, kind of repackaged some of the old or the former episodes of the podcast. So I hope you didn't miss me for too long. Anyway, I'm delighted I'm back and I'm delighted that you're back with me too. So... When season one ended, I had just discovered that one of the reasons I had really severe, severe pain in my legs was because um, I have a hip, that uh, hip joint that's basically just ruined. It's pretty much demolished. So I have some good news. The good news is that I'm going to be becoming partly bionic in a few weeks. I'm going to have a total hip replacement, and that should hopefully help me feel better. Yay! The bad news is I have to go through yet another surgery. I've had a lot of surgeries, like major surgeries, I guess eight or nine of them, and So it's not something I'm necessarily looking forward to, but what I am looking forward to is being able to walk again. I'm the kind of person that is extroverted, and so I need a certain amount of eye-to-eye contact with other human beings. And spending the past couple months pretty much bedridden has been very has been a very different experience for me not being bedridden because i was depressed or really sick in shall we say emotional and mental ways but because i had a physical or have a physical disability was just new i am happy to report that i have not fallen into depression and and been sitting here feeling sorry for myself. Thank you, God. I have been talking to people in my support network on the phone. Various ones have come to visit and brought me all kinds of wonderful gifts and flowers and things like that. You know who you are and thank you. I love you all. And it's not even that. It's the best part of that is getting to be eyeball to eyeball to people I love who love me and like me in return and who understand that I need support too and are very happy to come and give that to me. They are walking the walk with me, preparing for surgery I have to go through a few more hoops to get there. I'm going to have a complete physical and blood work and chest x-ray and EKG. 
all that kind of stuff. They're going to stick me in the arm and make me bleed for them so they can check different things in my blood. And uh, so in the early part of July, I will be having my surgery. I understand that I won't be in the hospital long, maybe one night or maybe two. And that um, the day after surgery, they will have me up and walking on my new bionic hip. So um, this is going to be an adventure, and I'm working hard to keep a positive attitude about it, because when we sow positive seeds into the universe, I have found that I reap a positive harvest, and I love getting those positive harvests. I really hate getting negative harvests, and I really love the positive ones, so... Um, I'm responsible for sowing those positive seeds. In addition, when I sow the positive seeds, I'm able to be much more helpful to others. And that is my purpose in life, is to be helpful. I don't want to harm anybody. I don't want to harm myself. done that for too long. I just want to be helpful. And as far as a life purpose goes, it's a really simple one, and it really works for me. I'd like to talk to you today a little bit about perception. You see, before I really um, entered into recovery, and yes, I I began going to 12-step help groups or 12-step groups, recovery groups, when I was in my mid-twenties. And um, I used to joke I was kind of the Stuart Smalley of 12 help groups because I qualify for membership in a number of them and have gone to meetings and been part of, you know, a number of different groups focusing on different aspects of things that needed healing inside of me. So... um, I'm very, very familiar with the 12-step program. I have worked all 12 steps with a sponsor. And um, I have the awesome privilege of being able to be a spiritual mentor to um, a few young ladies that uh, their ages may be different chronologically, but they are all young ladies, young at heart, and they keep me young as well. But back to the perception. When I was a lot younger, it started probably in my elementary school days. Um, I used to believe that my perceptions were reality. I didn't know the difference. And I would, if somebody perhaps didn't respond to me warmly or positively or didn't smile, I guess, as big as I was hoping they would, I would automatically go to a place where, oh, that person doesn't like me. And then I would immediately go to a place, well, they don't like me because I'm fat. And then I would 
reject and abandon myself because uh, my perception was that they were rejecting and abandoning me. And I didn't ever think about, well, maybe they're having a really bad day or maybe they're having a tough time in life. It really may not have anything to do with me and probably doesn't. If somebody doesn't smile at me or return my greeting. And I would even go so far as to, okay, that person doesn't like me, so I if they hate me, I hate them too. And I would have these entire conversations in my imagination about how I was going to tell them off and what they were going to say back and how I was going to have a pithy response to that where I would show them how I was smarter and sharper and faster and could hurt them more than they could hurt me. And it was really all in my imagination. And then sometimes, uh, you know, a number of times I've gotten to know somebody and I thought they didn't like me. And in fact, they did like me and said, oh, you're always so nice. And I've really been going through a hard time and, and you helped me feel better. Uh, really? Because you see, my perception was telling me things that weren't true. And let me tell you, I don't like rejection and I don't like to be abandoned. But the most painful and the, the most harmful rejection and abandonment is when I abandon myself and reject Celia. For so long, I really had such self-loathing because, well, I grew up in a family that was high stress and there was a lot of perfectionism. And it seemed to me that there were two options. Number one, be perfect. Or number two, be worthless. I didn't learn to live life in the gray areas until a lot later. And so if I couldn't do something perfectly, I just would give up and wouldn't do it at all. If something was hard to do, with a couple of exceptions, I just wouldn't even bother. Now, for some reason, playing the piano... Um, if a piece was hard, I could take that as a challenge. If I wanted to play a song that was difficult and I needed to practice and practice to master it, I could do that. That was a challenge. But so many other things like sewing. I wasn't, I wasn't and I am not a good seamstress. And my mom, for some reason had it in her head that I should be a seamstress and should be able to make my own clothing. And I've made, I don't know how many outfits, but more than I can count on both hands. And none, zero of them ever fit or were ever wearable out in public. Um, I can't remember a single outfit I ever made that fit or worked at all that wasn't just terrible and hideous looking and so that kind of set up a pattern for me too either I'm all in or I'm all out 
if it's something I'm not really that interested in and it's hard, I just wouldn't bother. But if it were something that somebody wanted me to do, like, you know, a chore that I was assigned by my mom or something, I discovered that if I really, really messed it up badly, then she would never ask me to do that again. Case in point, my brother Benny, a couple years older than I, had a chore of burning like paper trash because my mom was not willing to have garbage men come to our house to pick up the garbage. So we would have to sort out the burnable paper trash and that would be taken out to the garden and burned in a big old barrel and then the other like cans and um, glass that was thrown away, we'd take those to the dump. So when Benny went to summer camp for a couple weeks or whatever in the summer, and I wasn't old enough to go because I think you had to be nine. So I was probably seven and he was nine and he got to go to summer camp. So while he was gone, it became my duty to do his chore of taking the paper trash out to the garden and burning it. So I take the trash out there and I put it in the barrel and I set it on fire. And then I decided, hmm, this is a a fun time. I like fire. Let me see if I can play with it a little bit. So I started playing with the fire. I caught a Kleenex on fire and um, was holding it. And that thing burned really fast. And the next thing I knew, I just dropped it. And it kind of fluttered down to the ground, and um, there were some dried grass, I guess, and some dried leaves and things in the garden. And the next thing I knew, half the garden was on fire, and this was a two-acre garden. And so I go running back to the house, get my mom, got a couple buckets of water, and she tried to pull the fire hose out, but it wouldn't reach all the way So we were trying to fight this fire, which by this time was probably about the size of one acre, half the garden, and very quickly engulfed the entire garden and started burning the trees at the edge of the woods. (laughs) So we had to call the fire department and, uh, you know, explain to the firemen, well, I was burning the trash and... uh, I it got away from me and uh so oops so the fireman put the fire out and guess who never had to do Benny's tour again <laughs> never had to do it <laughs> so um there were some things that I I learned if you if somebody asks you to do something you don't want to do just really 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 screw it up and they won't ask you again <laughs> So at this point, uh, I'm going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Bloom, who returns this episode in just a moment. We invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. 
If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you. Welcome back. You are listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone. So in the first section of this episode, I was talking about how I've been in a number of 12-step groups. And the 12-step groups all take their steps and traditions from the Alcoholics Anonymous model. And one of the steps is, not one of the steps, but one of the things that you really have to do in order for the 12-step program to work effectively is to find a God or a higher power of your own understanding. And for me, I believed in God, but I would have never believed that God believed in Celia. And so when it became necessary for me, I mean, I was really dying a number of years ago. And um, when it became necessary for me to really seriously, seriously work a program, I had to find a different higher power than the God that I believed in, which looking back, was the God of my mother's misunderstanding. From the time I was probably about three, um, anytime I did something that displeased my mother, especially if I talked back or sassed her, which, believe it or not, I was wont to do, she would tell me that the devil was in my heart and I was going to hell. Well... You know, so I grew up thinking, okay, God doesn't love me. The devil's in my heart. So I'm never going to get to go to heaven. So that's just not even an option for me. So it doesn't matter what I do here on earth because I'm not going to heaven anyway. And there is none so free as one who has nothing to lose. So as soon as I got out on my own and was able to do what I wanted... I did what I wanted, and I tried a bunch of things that, you know, were absolutely forbidden from the religious beliefs that my parents had and wanted me to have the same ones. And um, I was like, hey, if I only get to have fun here on this earth, then I'm going to make sure I have a lot of fun. And so... Drinking, smoking, hanging out with the wrong crowd, making lots of what turned out to be really bad decisions for my life. I had two speeds, fast and full blast, and that was pretty much it. I believed that God hated me, was scornful of me, and, um, you know, there were some other people that had managed to perfect themselves or you know, really close to perfecting themselves that he probably loved, but I was not one of them. And so by the time I was, and this was a little over 15 years ago, 
I was dying. I needed help, and I needed divine help to be able to stop killing myself on the ins- doing committing suicide on the installment plan. And so um, my sponsor in recovery at the time said, you need to find a different higher power because the one you have isn't going to help you. So in other words, what she was telling me was that I needed to find a divine source that would help me, that did care about me, and reject what I had been believing so far in my life. And I'm so thankful that she said that. So I started on a serious spiritual quest at that time. And um, I went around talking to people who had been living like I was living and were now living on a whole nother plane who were happy and relaxed and not stressed out and, you know, had peace in their hearts and in their lives. I wanted what they had. And so I would ask them, when you pray, what do you pray? And they told me. Every single one of them started out with the serenity prayer, if I recall correctly. And the Lord's Prayer, just some really common prayers that they routinely say. And then I asked them, tell me about your higher power, if it's not too personal. And so they would tell me, you know, about the higher power they believed in. And my sponsor at the time was like, I want you to pray to your higher power every day and ask for help for you to be able to change your behavior. And so in the mornings I started asking for help. And I didn't really believe that it would happen. But it turned out that it did. It really did help me. Now, Step two is about coming to believe that there's a higher power who can restore us to sanity. Because my life was, I was making really bad choices previously. They weren't logical and they weren't reasonable. And so something that is sane is both logical and reasonable. And I needed to make logical and reasonable decisions about my life and my behavior what to do so I was like I have no idea how to come to believe in a higher power that is for me rather than against me and one of my friends suggested I want you to go outside look up at the sky and just talk and ask that you be giving an understanding of of God or a higher power that will be appropriate for you to have. And so I did. I went outside. I looked up at the sky. It was a beautiful sunny day. And I said, if you're up there and you give a bleep about me, give me an understanding of you that's appropriate for me to have because I just don't know what to think about you, dude. 
And for the very first time in my life, I immediately felt a little bit of peace. And I loved it. And I wanted much, much more of that. And that let me know that I was on the right track. And so now my nickname for my God, the God of my understanding, has a nickname. And it's Dude. And I talk to Dude. And I cuddle up with him. And he really has helped me. He's helped me change my whole life change my way of thinking. I learned that I had to start behaving my way into right thinking because I'd never been able to think my way into right behaving very well. So I started behaving my way into right thinking and my thinking changed. And now fast forward some years. I'm in the position where I'm able to help other people who are searching for a God that isn't vengeful, appeasable, angry, destructive, scornful to them. And I've discovered that the road that gets us to God is very broad. It's not a narrow, thorny path. It's very broad. Because whatever it is that we start with, Okay, I believe that you can help me stop destroying myself. Whatever it is, when we ask and we really mean it, our efforts will be honored. Now, I had to do the work. And the more action I took, the more God rewarded my efforts and honored my requests. And so... If you are searching or seeking, if you believe in a God that is not for you, you too can find a better one. All you got to do is ask. It worked for me, and it will also work for you. Thank you, my friends, for listening today, and I hope that you are also going to join a spiritual quest with me as we seek more and more ways to build a core of peace and deeper healing from anything and everything that has ever wounded us. My name is Celia Boone. I love you all. Take care until next time. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, a production of the Descant Music and Media Group. Providers of music and media production, as well as business services for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. We invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you.